Hola, mi gente. It's Joshua. As founder and host of the Basel podcast, I want to thank you for listening to this show where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community from La Isla to the diaspora. Let's be honest. Traditional media is not lifting up Puerto Rican stories that reflect the nuance and beauty that exist in our community. And we hope this show plays a little part in changing that. If you want to help us share the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here on Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. Subscribing helps more people find the show and will help you make sure you never miss an episode. Leaving a five-star rating or whatever the highest rating in your app is and showing some love in the comments helps too. You can always give a donation by looking up the Paseo podcast on SaveChicagoMedia.org. All right, that's enough from me. Enjoy the show. Bienvenidos to the Paseo Podcast. As I've come to learn more about Puerto Rican history, culture, and all the beauty that makes up the archipelago, one of the things I've come to love is the ecological wonders that Puerto Rico has, especially the ones that we don't really talk about. So in honor of Earth Day, this episode is dedicated to us learning about Puerto Rico's ecology together. I'm not going to cover everything, but uh, I'm going to share some of the, the things that I, I think are interesting. So anyway, let's start with Puerto Rico's rainforest, El Yunque. El Yunque is a natural and national treasure of Puerto Rico. Located on the east side of Puerto Rico, it is the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. National Forest Service. Its name is a reference to Yuque, which was what the indigenous Taino people defined as uh, white lands. Um, so I've been to El Yunque uh, a number of times. And people who have been there will know this too, um, but it's a beautiful way to immerse yourself in nature. In fact, when you visit, there are a ton of trails there that you can hike on, uh, you know, natural pools and streams you can swim in, and even waterfalls you can, you can see you know, close up and personal, uh, literally stand underneath them. It's a really beautiful place. Uh, this forest is also known to be one of the most biodiverse spots in the mainland and across the United States. Its diverse ecosystem hosts hundreds of unique plant and animal species, about 240 species, uh, if we have to be exact. So um, this includes, you know, animals like the coqui, uh, Puerto Rican parrots. Um, it rains like four times a day in the inner parts of El Yunque, which is vital for various ecosystems on the island and, uh, of course, Puerto Rican residents. So to give you some perspective, on average, this rainforest receives between 120 inches to 240 inches of rainfall a year, which makes it really the rainiest place in Puerto Rico by far and um, the rainiest forest of all the national forests. So we're talking about over 100 billion gallons of water a year here. Those billions of gallons combined with water from the eight major rivers that originate in that rainforest make up 20% of the drinkable water in Puerto Rico. 20%, that's a huge number. So um, just that one step alone shows just how important El Yunque is to Puerto Rico. Um, okay, now let's talk about PR's plant life. 
What do you know about a ceiba tree? Many people know that the official tree of Puerto Rico is the ceiba tree. But did you know it's also called a silk cotton tree or a kapok tree in English? I didn't. I also discovered that the ceiba tree can attain heights of 150 feet. Their far-reaching limbs often host aerial plants too, like moss and um, I think what did I see? Bromelades, bromeliads. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but B R O M E L I A D S. So however that's pronounced, those are some of the aerial plants that grow on a ceiba tree. Um, and the tree's flowers produce a large ellipsoid fruit that, when you split it open, reveals uh, a bunch of little fluffy fibers called kapok. And of course, I have to mention that sebas held practical importance too for our ancestors. For example, um, sebas have really thick trunks, so Tainos would uh, cut down the trees and then they would make them those like really nice thick trunks, they'd make them into canoes. The oldest ceiba tree in Puerto Rico lives in Vieques and is estimated to be upward of 400 years old. Oof, happy 400th birthday. Um, the national flower of Puerto Rico is the flor de maga. Uh, the maga is uh, closely related to hibiscus, but unlike the common hibiscus um, that you may be used to, uh, the maga is a saucer-sized flower and grows on a large tree. So the maga is native to Puerto Rico. It's grown in tropical climates as um, it is more like ornamental than anything. Uh, typically, when you see it in pictures or in person, they're, they have like, they're like a pink or red flower. The maga flowers are also like cup-shaped with five overlapping petals. One of the most beautiful flowers I think you'll ever see in your life. Um, maybe I'm being biased though. They also depend on birds and bats to spread and populate throughout Puerto Rico. Moving on to other members of PR's ecosystem, here are some animal facts. Some of these you might know. If you didn't know some of these, let me know. If you knew these all already, let me know. Uh, Paseopodcast at gmail.com, at Paseopodcast on all social media. All right, sorry, I had to do the cheap plug there, but uh, let us know if you knew these or didn't know these. I should have said that at the, at the top, but yeah, whatever. Let's We're going to roll with it. So um, animals. Okay, Puerto Rico's animals, I mean, it's abundant with animals, but I picked out a few here that I thought, of course, I have to share on the show. So first up, coquis. Uh, of course, one of the most famous animals on this list is going to be the coqui frog. I mean, how could we leave it out? You absolutely will hear the coqui if you ever visit Puerto Rico or you live in Puerto Rico. Um, but we have that sound at the end of our episodes. But did you know that their that famous coqui sound is only made by male coquis as a mating call? The female coquis just listen to identify which guy sings better. Keep in mind that this mating sound has been measured at 90 to 100 decibels, making it the loudest existing amphibian. I'm glad I know this. I truly am, but I'm also kind of not because now every time I hear a coqui sound, I'm going to think of how loud and desperate these guy frogs are to get some hanky panky. But anyways, uh, you know, coquis now exist in other parts of the Caribbean, but they were once found only in Puerto Rico, uh, which really made it the cultural symbol of la isla that it is today. There are 17 different coquis in Puerto Rico that range in color from green to yellow to brown. Uh, with uh, you know a number of a variety of uh, different accent colors. All right, birds. 
Puerto Rico has 17 native species of birds. It also has another 330 plus species that are migrants, introductions, or accidentals. So, you know, they either go there temporarily, they were introduced into the ecosystem, or they're accidentally introduced into the ecosystem. That's how I understand those three little pillars there. In short, PR is a birder's paradise. Now, Hurricane Maria did flatten much of the vegetation, as well as the buildings many of these birds used, but things are rebounding. Some of the native birds of PR include the Puerto Rican parrot, also known as the Puerto Rican iguaca. This bird in particular was critically endangered. Its population was in the millions before colonization. By 1975, only 13 individuals survived. Before Hurricane Maria, there were about 200 of them on the island in El Yunque and in the Rio Abajo State Forest, uh, which is on the eastern side of PR. After um, Hurricane Maria, many of the birds were discovered dead and many disappeared due to their habitats being destroyed and exposure and starvation. Um, all those things kind of combined for a pretty deadly cocktail. Researchers have pointed out how resilient they are, a good example being that they've Started, started to adopt uh, new forms of scavenging for food that they never did in the past. So, um, you know, of course, always rooting for any um, species to, you know, avoid extinction. Um, another native bird is the Puerto Rican emerald. It's also one of my favorite birds to see. It's basically a little iridescent hummingbird that looks exactly like a floating emerald jewel um, as it's kind of, you know, you know floating amongst the flowers. They tend to like Laila's forested habitat best, but you can find them in the different mangroves across the coastlines of PR and of course the forested highlands. Another, th another thing I found interesting and sad was that apparently the hummingbird dads are, are deadbeats. The females raise their chicks alone. Of course, shout out, of course, of course, of course. Uh, shout out to all the single moms out there. You know, y'all are killing it. I mean, okay. I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, there's a couple, <laughs> there's a, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, I have two other animals uh, that I wanted to share, but they're not native to Puerto Rico. I just thought their history in PR was interesting. One of them is iguanas. While iguanas are native to Central and South America, they were introduced to uh, Puerto Rico in the 1970s uh, through uh, the pet trade. And some of these pets were released into the wild and have now become a full-blown pest control issue. Um, now, when I go to, to PR, I love seeing the iguanas. Um, I don't know what it's like to live amongst iguanas. Maybe they're like rats, I don't know. But ultimately, it comes down to iguanas not really having any natural predators in Puerto Rico. So they're, they're kind of, they can just kind of mate and have kids and not really worry about their lives being threatened. So they have a herbivorous diet. So that's pretty cool. I mean, there's plenty of green to eat uh, in Puerto Rico. Uh, but of course, who suffers in that scenario? Uh, the farmers. It's not an ideal scenario. But if you go and you want to see a lot of them, if you visit uh, Puerto Rico in March, uh, that's going to be their mating season. So you're guaranteed to see a bunch. The second are monkeys. Uh, did you know that in 1938, Gallo Santiago, also known as Monkey Island, had 406 rhesus macaque monkeys shipped there? And that's where uh them and their descendants have been studied ever since apparently it took the monkeys a little time to adjust but they eventually did and started breeding uh, and due to their growth they quickly ate most of the naturally available food in Cayo santiago so monkey chow was shipped to the island to uh, of course satiate them 
Um, and actually, Monkey Chow is, is still sent to this day. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, both the native animals, but um, also those that are, are transplants. Kind of cool to see that history. Um, last thing I wanted to share on Puerto Rico's ecological wonders is its bioluminescent bays. Puerto Rico is home to these rare ecosystems that happen when microscopic single-celled organisms called dinoflagellates grow in quantities big enough to produce a glow-in-the-dark effect when stimulated by movement. So, when you paddle or splash water, these organisms light up in a neon blue-green color, and so does everything they come into contact with, giving it like a, um, like a star-like reflection in the water. Dinoflagellates can be found throughout the ocean. However, it is very rare for them to live in concentrations high enough to be noticeable. To put this in perspective, there must be thousands and thousands of these single-celled organisms to make just a gallon of water light up. There are only five ecosystems like this in the world where the concentration of these planktons is high enough to be considered bioluminescent bays. And Puerto Rico is home to three of them. So three out of five here. Uh, and their names are Mosquito Bay, Laguna Grande, and La Parguera. Okay, that's all I have for this episode. Again, we only scratched the surface on things like animal and plant life and, and really didn't get into things like PR's mangroves and caves and all that good stuff. But I hope you did learn something and are inspired to learn even more about the ecological wonders that exist in Puerto Rico. Now it's time to move on to our famous segment where we break down the latest Puerto Rican news headlines. But first, let's take a quick pause for the cause. Hey there. We want to take a moment to thank our partners, the Puerto Rican Cultural Center of Chicago and the Chicago Independent Media Alliance for their support. This show would not be possible without them. And shout out to our amazing podcast team. Learn more about them and the show by visiting our website, paseomedia.org. Enjoy the rest of the show. Now it's time for the part of the show where we share some of the latest Puerto Rican news headlines. But first, I just want to say if you want to reach out to the show, uh, you can email us, podcast at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at podcast. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that as well. Um, and of course, while you're listening to us on whatever app you're on, give us a high rating, leave us a positive comment. It really helps people find the show. Um, all right, now let's get into the news. Again, this isn't every headline. I'm only, I'm only sharing a couple here. Probably would have a few more if Kim was here, but you know what? I forgot she was going to Puerto Rico. So um, I'm really hoping that she's having a good time out there. Um, I, I definitely miss her. Um, so uh, I said she would be on this week. That was totally a lie, but that's only because I forgot she was leaving uh, a lot sooner than I thought she was leaving. So um, anyway, Kim, hope you're having a good time in paradise. So anyway, two news stories I wanted to share. Uh, the first was uh, more of an in case you missed it uh, and just in time for Earth Day fits really fits in with our theme. And I don't believe I shared this in the last episode, but the secretary of Puerto Rico's uh, Department of Natural and Environmental Resources, Rafael Machargo uh, Maldonado, he resigned a few weeks ago. And Floriqua reported that Rafael's resignation came hours after not complying with the delivery of documents to uh, Puerto Rico's uh, House of Representatives. And that was regarding, uh, doc the, the documents I should say, were regarding the most recent environmental scandal on the island. And those documents are believed to verify possible violations in uh, the um, Hobos Bay, 
National Estuarian Research Reserve in Salinas. This controversy surrounds what a lot of environmental groups have stated, um, basically saying that uh, since 2018, a residential area for campers is being developed in uh, an ecological reserve, uh, apparently without the permission of government agencies. So to develop this area, mangroves have been cut down and the maritime terrestrial zone has been filled in. Uh, so again, uh, this is just another example of the destruction of nature and entire ecosystems, all for the sake of making a profit. It's, it's really sad and, and upsetting. Um, but um, the next piece of this story is that Representative Edgardo Feliciano of the House Natural Resources Committee had said on Friday that they were going to go to court to subpoena Rafael to, to deliver the requested information. So we'll try to keep you updated on that front. The second story I wanted to share was from CNN. They reported that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled today that Congress can exclude residents of Puerto Rico from some federal disability benefits available to those who live in the 50 states. The eight to one opinion was written by Justice Brett Kavanaugh with Justice Sonia Sotomayor dissenting. The case concerned what's called supplemental security income that is available to those living in the 50 states who are older than 65 years old. So that think about you're blind, you're disabled. Those are the people that are receiving these disability benefits or SSI. But residents of Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories are excluded from receiving the funds. The basic argument from the judges who ruled against Puerto Rico receiving these benefits was a dollar for dollar comparison. So to them, Puerto Rico's residents don't pay certain federal taxes, so they aren't deserving of getting disability benefits. Sotomayor, whose parents were born in Puerto Rico, uh, penned the sole dissenting opinion, and in that opinion, she said things like Congress was mistaken to exclude residents of Puerto Rico from what she called an, quote, important safety net program, end quote. She also went on to say, quote, there is no rational basis for Congress to treat needy citizens li living anywhere in the United States so differently from others, end quote. She also noted that the Government Accountability Office estimates that over 300,000 Puerto Rico residents would have qualified for the benefit. She said that even though residents of Puerto Rico typically are exempt from paying some federal taxes, that does not create a rational basis to distinguish residents of Puerto Rico from others in the case at hand. Hard to disagree with that. And by the way, in case you're wondering where President Biden stands on all of this, the Biden administration is the one that's been fighting for this very court ruling. Even though as a candidate, President Biden showed support for extending these disability benefits to Puerto Ricans. Now President Biden has kicked the ball over to Congress and says they should decide. Not a good look. This has led many to view today's court decision both as a Biden broken campaign promise, as well as an example of how people who live in U.S. colonies are treated as second class citizens. That's all I have for now, mi gente. I know I mentioned we'd share it today, but next episode for sure, I'll share my discussion with scientist Monica Pelu Moher to discuss her award-winning program, Aquí Nos Cuidamos. So stay tuned for that. While you wait, as I've said a couple times in the show already, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever the top rating is on the app you're, you're listening to this on. It really helps other people find the show. Leaving a positive comment helps too. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that. Help us get to 200 subscribers, y'all. We really appreciate it. And of course, the videos of the audio podcast come out um, at the start of next week. So 
this Monday. Um, but until then, I'll see y'all in two weeks. Cuídate.